You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So as we've been going through the sixth chapter of the Mishnah of Shabbat, we've been talking about things that can be carried just because, you know, they're decorations, they're things that people need. And then we we transitioned yesterday in the eighth Mishnah into things that people really, really need for health reasons. We talked about an amputee and a prosthetic. And today we're going to slip backwards and forwards, actually, between health and beauty. We begin in the ninth Mishnah of the sixth chapter with a reference to knots. Habanim in Bik Sharim. Boys can go out with knots. And the Gemara explains, and this is quoted by Maimonides, that we're talking about little bits of string tied up in knots. And this seems to be a little bit like a comfort object. That if a son wasn't sure that his father really loved him, or needed to be reminded of the love of his father, some string from the father's shoe would be retied and given to the son, and the son would carry this. Just like the kind of things that we would now describe as a comfort object. So the boy doesn't need this for decoration, nor even for his physical health, but he seems to need it for his mental health. And for the sake of his mental health, he can carry it on Shabbat. So Habanim Yotzin Bik Sharim, the boys go out with these pieces of string which remind them of the love of their family. Children of royalty can go out with bells. These are bells which are woven into the clothes. And we actually read in biblical language about bells being woven into the clothes of the high priest. So I presume these are similar. These are decorative bells woven into the clothes of very sort of well-born and upper-class children. And then the Mishnah concludes, We've seen this remark before. Actually, anybody can do this. Anybody can go out with bells woven in their clothes. But the sages spoke of what of the present, of what they could see in front of them. That's how they taught the Mishnah. And that's why they spoke this Mishnah in the name of the children of kings. And having touched on psychological health, we're now going to go into physical health. So the Mishnah continues, We can go out with a locust's egg. That is supposed to um, be a remedy for earache. And a fox's tooth, that is supposed to be a remedy to help you sleep. And a nail from a crucifix. Or from a gallows, and that is supposed to, or that that is also supposed to heal an infection. And the Mishnah says, "Mishum rufua." We're allowed to go out with these things because they heal. Divrei Rabbi Yossi, according to Rabbi Yossi. I'm quoting here, by the way, from the Kaufman manuscript because the printed text has a slightly different text. But I'm I'm giving you Kaufman uh, because the text that Kaufman has is essentially the same as the text of the Rambam. So Rabbi Yossi says, these are used for healing. So we can go out with them. And Rabbi Meir disagrees. Rabbi Meir Omer, af even on a weekday they're forbidden. 
Mishum Darchei HaAmori, because of the ways of the Amorite. What are these ways of the Amorite? Well, Rabbi Meir is referring to a verse from Kudoshim. It's from Vayikra chapter 18. We actually read this on Yom Kippur afternoon. So you might have remembered it from last summer. You might have remembered it from Yom Kippur afternoon. You shall not copy the practices of the land of Egypt or the land of Canaan. Um nor the practices of, of the land of Canaan, where I'm taking you. And in their ways you shall not walk. We're not supposed to walk in the ways of these foreigners. There's a general prohibition against being too much like a foreigner. And the Rambam, who's a doctor, who's a physician, says as follows when he writes about our Mishnah. The halacha is according to Rabbi Yossi. Remember, Rabbi Yossi was the sage who permits. Rabbi Yossi permits here. The halacha is according to Rabbi Yossi. Ki haikaret lane with a principle. Uh, our principle anything which has the power to heal is not the way of the Amorite and the text did not refer to these when it said don't follow the ways of the nation so the Rambam comes out with uh, a supremely rational and rationalistic and universalistic statement as you might as we might expect from the Rambam and this is the close of the sixth chapter the seventh chapter then begins with a couple of principles we're going to learn one principle today and one principle tomorrow before we go back into halachot about carrying but the first principle which the Mishnah wants to teach is about responsibility for, well, it's about, let, let's look at the principle. Let's look at the principle and then we can think about what it means. A great principle they stated in respect of Shabbat. Someone who forgets the principle of Shabbat. This might be someone, for example, who never knew about Shabbat or who was brought up by Gentiles. Or maybe he was converted while living with Gentiles. For some reason, he just doesn't know what Shabbat is about. So he breaks Shabbat in many, many different ways on many different Shabbatot. But effectively, it's one forgetting. He forgets completely. He doesn't know the principle of Shabbat. And the Mishnah rules He's only liable for one sin offering. Effectively, he's completed one. It's one enormous forgetting. And when we, if we break Shabbat accidentally, we bring a sin offering. That's principle one. Principle two. Shabbat. Someone who knows the principle of Shabbat. He knows what Shabbat is. Someone who knows the principle of Shabbat, but 
he knows the principle of Shabbat, but it seems that he it seems that he he um he kind of misses out. He doesn't know when Shabbat is. And Rashi actually asks, well, how could he not know? How over a period of weeks could he not know when Shabbat is? I mean, wouldn't someone remind him on on one Monday? You know, it was Shabbat a couple of days ago. Wouldn't they, at some point they tell him? Maybe there's someone who's not closely connected to the calendar. Maybe it was harder to get connected to the calendar in those days. But he knows the principle and he forgets on numerous Shabbatot. And he's liable to a sin offering for each and every Shabbat. Chayav al kol Shabbat for Shabbat. So if you forget it's Shabbat, once, twice, three times, you bring three sin offerings. And then the final principle. Hayodeh shehu Shabbat. Someone who knows it's Shabbat. So not only does he know the principle, but he actually knows it's Shabbat today. And he performs many labors. Maybe, maybe, b'shabbatot harbe, maybe on many shabbatot. Chayav al-kol av melacha u'melacha. He's only liable, well, he's only, he's liable to bring a sin offering for every av melacha, what the Mishnah will call uh, a father, uh, mm, an av melacha literally is a father labor. A bit like an archetypal labor. And I've translated it here as a primary category. We're going to learn tomorrow the, the concept of the primary category. The 39 core archetypal labors. And then the Mishnah concludes. Someone who performs many labors just from one primary category. So, um, for example, writing and erasing. Writing two letters is a primary category, but erasing something in order to write is actually a derivative of, of the same category. We're going to learn about this tomorrow when we learn about the primary categories. So if you erased and you wrote, you'd only be liable for one sin offering. So that's the broad taxonomy which the Mishnah brings. And of course, that introduces very nicely the next Mishnah, which we will look at tomorrow, which defines what these primary categories are. And these are the famous 39 acts, which uh, whose restraint, uh, whose abstinence from defines keeping Shabbat. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.